Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grove, and welcome to another Rip and Reds podcast. Uh, I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Jace. Uh, we're going to get into our second foray into Champions League football. But before I do that, how are you doing? I wouldn't say this fine evening, but this evening, Jace. I was about to say, you, you just, you're asking me how I do. You just watched Arsenal in Europe lose 2-1, so uh i'm good apart from that i'm not actually that downbeat about the defeat if i'm honest at this moment in time maybe it'll come out more in a minute but yeah apart from that good mate good mate how are you doing like you i kind of feel like it i don't know maybe like water off a duck's back i'm not too sure what this feeling is but i don't feel as downtrodden as maybe i expected to coming out of a, a loss so yeah I'm, I'm feeling good too uh obviously just got back we we didn't manage to to get together to discuss the Bournemouth game but coming off the back of that you know very good victory this feels like maybe a crash back down to earth I'm still in holiday mode a little bit so I'm gonna run that vibe uh we'll see how long that lasts in the podcast like you just said right so Arsenal mate they're on holiday mode too they're on holiday <laughs> Europe yeah maybe they are yeah <laughs> all around the European tour Right, I'll tell you what then, uh, since me and Jace are on high spirits that probably won't last very long, let's uh, get straight back into it. So let's uh, do that music, get cracking. Saka. Saka! I'm not going to mention Gabriel Martinelli again. Um, right, ever, not ever. Maybe when he comes back, we'll mention him. Right, we're going to start the show as we always do with a rip roaring review. It's been a few days. We've had an Arsenal victory and an Arsenal loss in that time. Uh, where are you heading for your review this week, Jace? Uh, I'm heading for what I've literally just seen in front of me on a Tuesday evening away, Northern France, Lons. Uh, I completely misjudged this game is my headline review. Um, I wasn't too worried about this, so uh, I don't claim to be a French football expert, but I do watch a bit of it. Um, Lens have a 15th in the in the league, the league untable. Um, they've lost their last three games. They are not the team that we or that that they were last year, uh, finishing second to the league uh, in to PSG. So yeah, I was I I'd really completely misjudged this game. I I felt confident after the Bournemouth result. You know, League One is not a, a league that is as competitive as the Premier League. We were just for going off the back of a four nil away win at Bournemouth. Um, I'll come on to talk a little bit about my observations about our attacking style and how that actually with reflection, may have made the Bournemouth game look better than the actual, or made the scoreline look better than what the performance suggests. But yeah, I just misjudged this. I, I think I went for a 3-1 away win from home. I was confident, didn't have any concerns. And and uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we were beaten. Uh, it was a fairly even game, but you know, uh, same same mistakes as always. So yeah just misjudge this game completely 
How about you? What anything you'd like to elaborate on there, or is your review completely different? I mean, I'll, I'll elaborate first on the point that you made. Like, I I wasn't as confident as you. I predicted one one. I thought we were uh, uh, before the match. I did a little bit of reading up on on Lons, not necessarily just about their their current league form, which is pretty poor. But last season at home, I think even the commentator made a point of this during the game that they dropped five points last season at home. Um, their atmosphere was incredible, as you could see during tonight's game. Our away fan, who are probably one of the best, if not the best in the league at the moment, were were relatively silent. I couldn't hear them one one bit throughout that match. And I think that cauldron-like mm. atmosphere really did impact our ability to play. So I do, I do think that played a, a a bit in a match, I agree with you, fairly even. They just took their chances better than we did. We were really poor in front of goal, if I was to be honest, just, you know, other than the goal itself. Um, my review is probably, um, this is the really important week for Arsenal. Um, heading from that last weekend, Bournemouth losing 4-0 to Arsenal and then Manchester City losing to Wolves to that Korean guy. Uh, as as Pep put it, it's quite incredible. And it really set ourselves up for such an important week where we could go to Lons, probably not play all of our first team and maybe rest some. We, we didn't really rest any, but we could have. And we were looking ahead to maybe some really good vibes that could lead us into a, a, an extremely important City game where City are not at full strength. And I know that you said it before, you'd like to play them at full strength. And for us to beat them at full strength, I don't care. I just want to beat them. And this was our prime opportunity. Not to say it still won't happen, but I suppose my confidence is knocked somewhat. Looking at that performance tonight, I just can't see us putting um, Manchester City to the sword if we play the way that we played tonight. I know that Man City will come and play football and Lons did set up in such a way that is conducive to beating us on the counter. Many teams do that. Yeah, just a bit. Maybe my spirits have been dampened a little bit by that performance. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why you say that. I think uh, I come back from the ledge again, Greg. Come back from the ledge. <laughs> um, but uh, there, there, there are so many different dynamics between the two games that we're going to see. I'm, I'm sure of that. Like the, the dynamics and, and so many inputs into tonight's game we'd be very contrasting and different to what we see on Sunday. Um, so I'm not, I'm not quite uh, as downbeat yet about Sunday as maybe, maybe you are at this moment in time. If you're going to say right now, you know, we had to lose at some point. I don't think we were going to go this season unbeaten. Let's be honest. Um, I'm happy that I, 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 it's kind of like, as you said earlier, water off a duck's back this game. I know it's the champions league and we obviously need to, we want the games, we want the wins and the points in early in the Champions League so we can, you know, not worry about the last two group games and say it's done. Um, but if you're going to tell me right now I could have lost 2-1 away at Lons and win 3-1 at City or 2-1 at City or 1-0 or whatever the scoreline is, like, I'm going to take the win over City as I am over the win over Lons. So um, I'm kind of like, if we need, I feel like at some point we were going to get a defeat in it, like at some point in the early start of the season, just the way we've been playing in some games. If this is the weird defeat that gets it out of our system and then we can be back on it for Sunday, I'm kind of happy with that. I take the defeat in Lons um, and, you know, we'll, we'll move on to 
the next subject in a second to talk about that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm happy it's happy it's done, and, and hopefully we can move on from it pretty quickly. Uh, if, if anything, based on what we saw on the uh, Amazon documentary, when we lose, um, we will Arteta will not be taking it well. Um, he, he doesn't really take defeats well. We've seen that, um, especially that game at Newcastle. Um, and do you know what? This kind of felt like a similar game. Not as uh, not as much as riding on it in a way, because obviously that game in Newcastle we lost when he he lost he lost his well he he, he wasn't Champions uh, League spot very, right yeah we lost Champions League spot and he wasn't exactly very well composed after the game but uh, I'm not saying that he's reacting like that but I imagine he's quite intense for every every defeat and I, I feel like I feel like he may have given the team a bit of a hiding today. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. We'll get out of system. We move on. Okay. Well, our first topic is all about that. It's it's welcome back to Europe. We've been slapped in the face a little bit uh, with a, a fresh hold card uh, reality um, that we probably weren't expecting. Um, we we've come from a, a home game uh, in the Champions League against PSV where we trounced them, and the atmosphere and the occasion really felt. Um, very, very dramatic for us getting back to the Champions League after such a long time out. But now this game was very, very different. Um, it was a different atmosphere um, and it, it didn't feel like you just say both of us kind of feel maybe a bit empty afterwards, nothing really ill feelings towards it. Is there anything um, in this game, the performance in general, anything you want to call a, call out that you felt was different, like you say, to the other games that we've played and looking ahead to that Manchester City game as well? Performance-wise, we've had a few games like this um, where... They've been a bit, I, I call them kind of bit-nothing games. Like the goal for Jesus came out of nowhere. It was like a mistake and he was clinical and that was great. You know, it was exactly what we needed. Um, but then apart from that, it was a bit-nothing game. As you said, like we'll talk about the creative spark and and, and, and the attack later on. But I, I felt like the performance wasn't outstanding. At times, we felt fairly solid, especially in the first half, and then we let it go. Um, we, I, I, I think I was making notes in like the first ten minutes. I was like, "Feels cagey." Like, welcome back to Europe. Like, when you're away, um, you got to get, you've got to shut the crowd up in the first ten minutes of the game. And I think you know it's the first time Lons have been back in the Champions League for 21 years. Um, there are a couple of teams, particularly in France, where you get uh, particular, you know, not aggressive crowds, but intimidating crowds. Marseille and Lens are particularly two of those teams in France, which have, uh, you know, will have the cloud uh, where you have the stance quite close in on top of on top of the pitch. Obviously, there's a lot of flares, banners, the crowd, and all uh in all stands not just in one particular stand where you have them behind the goal but i mean even on the far side they, there was flares going off like it was the whole it was that kind of atmosphere around the whole stadium and it just felt like a kind of classic european european game um and so we had to really shut that crowd up and the first 10 minutes they had a couple of chances one most intimidating was from the corner and then we kind of let them have their fun and then settled the game down. 
um, Rice and Odegaard kind of took control of that midfield, and and then and then as you say, we 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 capitalised on their mistake and we were clinical. And I thought, oh, we're in control of this. We're in control of this game. And then it only takes one chance. We kind of we've not silenced the crowd, but we we took the sting out of the game and everything settled down. I was like, we've got this. And it, but the problem is, you know, I. You say you say it all the time, Arsenal going Arsenal. Um, we only need to give them one thing, and it felt a little bit like Anfield, um, like where it was a pretty evenish game, but it was in our favour. And then we just have to do one thing. It can be a stupid challenge. It can be just giving the ball away. It can be anything, but a stupid error that then doesn't just give them the opportunity and bring them back into the game, but it G's the crowd up, brings the crowd back to life. And that was my thing that I observed there was just like, we I, I forgot about the crowd for a bit. After the first 10 minutes, we took control of the game and then suddenly they're back and then they were back for the rest of the game. And um, even though we tried to take control of the game for the rest of the game, um, we weren't great in a number of attacks and we didn't create the chances and, and we were always susceptible to to counter attacks, and I think we saw the second goal came from that as well. Um, credit to them for the first goal as well they scored because that was awesome. That was a great goal, beautiful good goal, finish. really good finish. Yeah, but yeah, uh, like I, I've given a kind of overall analysis of the performance there at a high level. I mean, I've. Uh, how do you feel about it? Because you're saying like it feels like water's off the duck's back. Like it wasn't an amazing performance for us. I've also seen us play worse this year. I think actually, we just didn't. I'd agree. Do it much. wasn't. We just yeah, didn't it wasn't do a much. bad game. No, and that that's. I, I suppose that that is a problem though, right? We we've certainly not been as clinical as we were last season in the goal scoring front. Um, and as a performance goes, there wasn't many players in this game that could kind of stand up and be counted. It's one of those games as well that you're looking at the clock, right? I think you've probably done this many times before. I know I have. You look at the clock, 60 minutes are on the, on the board. We're losing or we're drawing, and you know within yourself whether Arsenal are going to come back into this game. You can sense it. You can kind of feel that it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen, uh, and this was one of those games where I certainly just felt it just wasn't happening, even when we had there was a a really we we must have had about 20 to 25 minutes of the game at the end there between you know 70 65 70 minutes somewhere in that region where they didn't have the ball at all we had they had the ball directly in front of them we just played about with nothing everything was played in that middle third we were unable to break down that five at the back that they had we had nothing that really showed uh, for shots i don't think I, i've not looked at the data afterwards but i'd imagine our, our xg was pretty poor um, I mean, I, I suspect not much higher than one, uh, even probably below one, if I was to be honest, because um, Jesus's finish was really good. You don't necessarily expect him to score that one. Um, so, yeah, just generally like you, it's a bit of a leggy performance, a bit of a kind of like shrug from me. Nothing really stands out. And like you, you said it, and I've said it plenty of times before, Arsenal are going to Arsenal. We give them that one opportunity. They, they seize it. Uh, they score, and then we're out of that game. And we, we don't have to make those mistakes. You know, we, we David Rea, for all of his good things that we've talked about, there are some bad points to his performance tonight. 
the loose pass that resulted in the goal being one of them. There's another one where he came out and usually he's he's such a good catcher from what I've seen. When the ball is coming over the top and he can kind of grab it, he usually does. But there's one where he just kind of punched it out and it looked really kind of weird to see um, to see him. Do, I was going to say Ramsdale then because it felt very Ramsdale. Um and so I'm not. It's it's really weird that we've talked a lot about his his performances and the difference that he's been making. And now it kind of feels like we're we're back to square one in some some ways. So yeah, not not overly disappointed by the overall performance. But you're certainly right that we're now back in Europe, and this is what European nights are about. And we're going to have to get used to it. I don't think it's never going to be an easy ride um, coming to places like this away from home. Yeah, uh, like uh, it's the same as when you go to Anfield or you or we go to go to City, right? Or you go to Spurs away. I think Europe is in that kind of bracket. Certain teams, not all teams away in Europe, but a lot of the teams, it's just you. You know, the standard of football may not be the same level, but there's so many other influences on the game that 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 create uh, create an intimidating atmosphere and yeah. which is why I was like if we come out of this with a draw I thought that's a decent result um it's just annoying that we gave one stupid chance away and 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 we conceded that second I mean I, I made a couple of notes just looking at that goal that we did concede which was there was no one marking the second goal there's rice and someone else in between, like basically in a in in a two, and then the guy that scored was I, I sorry I didn't catch his name, but but he um, he was right in between them, and no one was marking him, and it wasn't like he was running in to the box. He wasn't sprinting into the box where he couldn't be marked, and it was like for for a cutback. He was kind of he had he was just standing there. He had time. Um, and so I'm like, why is no one observing that or picking him up or at least cutting the pass off, even if they're not man marking him? Do you, do you think we underestimated them a little bit in this game? Yeah, yeah, I think we thought we could out football them. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't think we, I don't think we did. Uh, the other thing you mentioned about clinicalness, I was, I was when I was watching this game, I, I kind of came to the conclusion about the kind of side we are. Because all, all season, I don't know if you've been feeling the same way, but I've been yearning for the performances we saw at the start of last season. The, the getting the quick starts, the getting one, two, three goals, putting them to the sword, having the game done and dusted. We saw a lot of that last year and we haven't really seen it this year. And we talked about it on a number of podcasts. And what I've realised is we're, we've, the reason we're not seeing that is because the style of play has changed. We would rather control the game, have control of the football, dictate the pace, have it at our own pace. You saw Odegaard and Rice do that. And then maybe we're not creating as many chances. Maybe that's because we still are lacking. You know, we've had injuries and in attack and, and you know, I still felt we should have bought another attacker, especially a, a right winger. Um in the transfer window and we didn't. So maybe it's because of that. But for me, I'm like, I think we're gambling on having more control of the game, dictating the pace, and we're relying on being more clinical when we do get those chances. We're not creating as many chances, but we're reliant on being clinical when the chances do come. 
And I feel like that style of play has changed, which is why we're not seeing so many repetitive attacks and, and, and things like that. Yeah, so, Arteta's comments and the data backs that up as well. He he said it himself in the, the Fulham game where he drew. Everything directed his conversation towards what he wanted uh, the team to actually do in the system to deliver against. And he just believed that the goods will come. It's just in this game, like you say, maybe the clinicalness was, wasn't as high as it should have been. So the XG was there, but the goals weren't there, for example. So, yeah, totally agree with you on that point. I, I was going to say on, on that, though, that for me, while I feel it's a little bit different, particularly this season, this is going to be a marathon. It's going to be a long season with a lot of games, um, a lot of important games as well, particularly now we've got the Champions League. City are at the League Cup, which gives us prime opportunity to win some silverware there. We're probably the favourites in that cup now i would imagine you know being second in that league in the league last season kind of should default us to favorites so it, it's a long season that we can't necessarily go all guns blazing like we did last because we didn't have the legs to do it we tapered off in march we can't afford that this season so i, I still believe that we're trying to hold something back in the tank um to, to kind of put us in good stead for post christmas yeah um right in january well maybe and then ivan tony can come in and bang some goals then um yeah. <laughs> right so want to move on because we talked a lot about the, that subject um i, I called this for saka's sake um you had a, a bee in your bonnet on the notes that we had as soon as he uh went down um what is your beef jace what's your beef with what happened with saka well we have contrasting opinions to this I look at the game and I don't think Saka made that much of an influence on the game. I actually saw a lot of challenges flying in on him in that first 30 minutes. Um, and I was kind of like, I was actually surprised to see him start tonight. I thought he, he took a knock. There was a knock he took before the Bournemouth game. Then he took a knock in the Bournemouth game and actually came off. Um, and so I was kind of, you know, I thought he might come on if we needed him as a sub, maybe if he was fit, but I wasn't expecting him to start. And so the moment that we took him off in 32 minutes and he was down struggling, I was like, this was a stupid risk. Like, I know the Champions League is important and we're saying we want to get points on the board and get the group put to bed. But I've already re put my preference on which result I would take, a, a, a small defeat, away in a tough atmosphere in Longs versus a win over City. I take the win over City. So it's just my preference as a fan. And so as a result, I have a preference to where I want Saka to be at his best. And now he's had two games on the trot where he's taken knocks and come off after in the first half. Uh, so I'm not particularly happy about it. Well, I'm not happy about it. I do have a little bit of a bee in my bonnet. And I just think it was the wrong call, if I'm honest. I think we could set up tactically differently and and try. We you know it at some point we have to be able to play without Saka. And I know it's not ideal because Martinelli's injured as well. So you basically take all your pace out of a team on the wings if you have both have both of them. So I get it, but clearly he wasn't ready to play. He was fragile enough that you know he he needed more rest than. He was going to get kicked, and he did. And now, I mean, I'm a, I, I'm wondering whether it was precautionary, but he didn't look comfortable. He didn't look massively injured like 
a serious injury, but he didn't look comfortable either. You know, he he sat down. Um, that was him saying, "Yeah, it's thirty minutes in, and I'm done." Um, whether he's got Man City in the back of his mind, but I don't think he. I don't think any player really thinks about it like that. They want to play the whole game. They want to complete the game. You know, Alexis was angry whenever he got subbed. Uh, and 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 I'm not saying Saka is that same person, but I'm sure he has that same mentality. So, yeah, uh, just unhappy with that situation. On the other hand, I saw your counter notes uh, to my points, saying he's fit. Why would we not play him? Care to elaborate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah of course. Um... Yeah, I mean, he's a grown adult. He's professional enough. If he's fit and he's ready to play, he's going to go to the gaffer and say that he's ready to, ready to go. And Arteta is not going to argue against him. We've seen him play, what was it, 87 games? Something like on the bounce, right? He's got the club record. Um, he is made of uh, adamantium or whatever you want to call it, right? He is made of strong stuff and can keep playing games. And Arteta will continue to, to run him into the ground as much as he possibly can. So it might be to his detriment. But like I say, I think... He's, he, he's like Grealish in the sense that he invites tackles of that nature, Jay, so he's going to get kicked around the park. You, you're a player of this this kind of ilk. You, you, you know, the type of style that you play and the, the pace that you run with. I'm not comparing you to Bakaya Saka. Um, but you, you're going to invite challenges like that, right? So he gets it. And I think I'm going to not labour on this point. I, I would just say, I we talked on a previous podcast, because I think you said he doesn't look as good as he looks last season. And I think I went hard on uh, the data side of the things. I've seen since then some some more kind of points, and I, I saved it on Twitter because I thought it was super, super interesting. Across every single metric, um, this includes things like accuracy, XG, XA, big chances missed, passes per 90, like every single metric, he is outperforming last season the, the same fixtures, like against the, the same number of fixtures compared to last season. He is yeah. by far and away our strongest, most creative, most dynamic and most influential player. And as such, he needs to play in the big games. And, you know, away Champions League first match. I know that you said it's Lons away. Really, what should we be taking away from this game, I suppose? It's important that he he plays. So, granted, I probably won't be saying this if he doesn't start on Sunday. <laughs> but hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? So, I got to just talk about the information that I got in front of me. And that, that's kind of my opinion. Um, you know, I just feel that uh, this was a, a winnable game. We could close this group down. If we win this and we win the next two, then it's like shut up shop and we can play the kids. I mean, the whole team's a bunch of kids. Um, but you, you get my sentiment. So it is a bit disappointing. I don't I, like you. I think it was precautionary. I, I, he didn't look, he looked uncomfortable, but he didn't look like he was cronked. Um, I, I can see him back in training in two days' time and starting against Man City, no problem. But yeah, so, yeah, I'm ready to read my words come Sunday after we watch the game. <laughs> well, we'll talk about our predicted lineups in the car park for City, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. right. Um, I will. Oh, we'll have to see. I might be uh, a bit more pragmatic. Um, next, next segment is going to talk about a lack of spark. Um, I think I said earlier on in the show uh, that no one really could stood up, uh, stand up, and be counted in this game and really kind of look super, super strong. But we, we certainly in this game lacked uh, a sense of creativity, forward thinking, uh, lacking a bit of that key to unlock the defensive door that Lon's put in front of us. Is there anyone in particular that you think 
we could put that lack of creative spark down to? I'm not going to steal who you want to talk about because I know, I know you you, you want to talk about Martin. Um, look, I I think there's a. I'll come back to a topic which I've been continuously talking about through the whole series this season is the is the lack of attacking options I feel we have when it comes to wingers and creative flair. Like if you've got like Trossard is just not in the same category for me as Martinelli and Saka in regards of the the type of attacking winger that we that we have to to cause a threat. He he doesn't directly run at players. Like Trossard reminds me more of when we used to have Kansanti Cazorla on the left wing, right? He's not got that uh, aggressive running. He's not going to scare a defender and catch him off guard. He, you're not putting a through ball through to him. Like it, 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 He's more tactful. He's more skillful. And that's great. But if you've got Martinelli injured and then Saka goes off injured, you can't play with Fabio Vieira and Trossard on the wings because you just you're just like I, I think I made a note saying we're playing more it minded me a lot of City and how they're playing been playing a bit where they've lacked Sterling. They obviously sold Sterling last year and then they've got sold Mares this year and 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 it felt a little bit at times how City were playing maybe end of last season with like Bernardo Silva, Foden, Grealish all filling in those roles in the wings. But they had Haaland. They said so they still didn't struggle to score goals. Um, and it felt a little bit like that. But if you look at City this year, they bought, is it Doku? Uh, uh, oh my God, he looks awesome, by the way. Though I meant to mention a couple of podcasts back when I think then they played Man City, play West Ham. I watched the highlights. He tore them to shreds. And I was like, obviously any player that comes out of the French League, I instantly think he belongs to Arsenal and should have gone to Arsenal. Um, and I was like, how did we not go even try to go in for him? Because he is he's just another level. Um, from what I saw of him, he looked amazing, and and for me, that's the kind of signing I wanted us to bring in. I want another option there. I don't feel two players, one left, one right, with the volume of games we're playing, is enough to do us the whole season. It's generally not, and when they're both cronked and not playing, then you see the redundancy in our our counter-attacking threat, especially uh, our direct play, taking wing-backs on one-on-one. Like, it's just not there. We don't have it. It's not in our locker. And so for me, that kind of, that was really missing tonight. I think even like we've mentioned, I mean, I know you've already mentioned Stacker's stats to say he's, you know, attacking our most inferential player. From the eye, I've already said, already said this year, I feel like he's been lacking that a little bit as well at times. Um, Yeah, from the eye, I just think we're missing it. Um, But you, 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 I mean, I know you want to talk about Martin Odegaard, right? So talk to me about his performance tonight. I do, but I do. I do want to quickly call out on some of your points. I agree with everything you said, um, and I would say we 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 certainly let lack athleticism, I suppose, or something of that nature, with the likes of um, Trossard and Fabio during this game. And you talk about the eye test. I don't know what it was about this game, but Fabio just looked like no one trusted him. 
there was a bit towards when he first came on that he actually like threw his hands up and got in a bit of a hissy fit because he didn't get yeah, the, pass, the, the pass when he was so open and so free. If that was Saka, that ball's going to him every single time. And, and it just felt odd that uh, maybe he's been hung out to dry a little bit. Um, that's that's the sense that I got. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't fully understand that because like, we've talked before where when he has come on, he's been influential. Um, maybe he had too much of the game. Like usually, he's good for half an hour. He had sixty minutes here and was was null and void during most of it. So um, a bit of a weird one with him. But my 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 perspective also is. So we have Fabio, we have Trossard, and we have Smith Rowe, and we have Odegaard. All very creative, skillful players. But we took Saka off. Why did we not bring on Reese Nelson? Because he's the light for light replacement to an extent. He he will run at players. He is a traditional winger of sorts. Like what makes us think Fabio at right wing? No. Yeah, put him in Odegaard's position. Put him in Havertz's position. He's played great this season. But on the wing, no. just didn't work for me, personally. No, uh, no, no I, it, it didn't work. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm Reese Nelson also, I'm getting like, hang on, I just signed a contract. Why the hell are you not putting me on for Saka? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing here? Probably getting I mean, admittedly, paid. I, yeah, I mean, admittedly, he, he didn't necessarily set the world alight. He... he he wasn't quite as um, I wanted him to take on players a lot more than maybe he did. And the opportunities that he did take, he wasn't beating their defence. Um, I'm not sure on that one. But like you say, he should definitely be getting, he seems the more um, like-for-like replacement than than Fabio is, for sure. Fabio does not have the the guile, the strength, the power to play a right right wing, I don't think. But like like you said... I do not want, I'm not going in on Erdegaard. I do feel this was one of his weaker games this season in particular. But as the captain, as someone who's just signed a new contract, you get this kind of ill feeling in your stomach a little bit. Sometimes we've seen it quite a few times over the last few years. Uh, Ozil, uh, Aubameyang, you get that big bumper contract and then you start to kind of die off a little bit. And I really, I'm not saying that this is what's happening here, but this is the kind of game where, you know, you need to pull the team up by their bootstraps. I think the only player that necessarily did that this game was Declan Rice. he was the only one for me that was trying to drive the team forward, pulling them by the scruff of their necks and trying to get them back into this game. And um, Erdegaard was not. Um, and we've talked before that Rice is obviously captain material. He captained West Ham for, for many years and was very good at that job. He's very vocal on the pitch. Um, not that Martin's a shrinking violer, but this just felt to me like a game where he just wasn't quite at his dynamic best. He wasn't threading passes. He wasn't looking to kind of break down defences. It was still very sideways um, for me. That was much of this game, very sideways. Um, so, yeah, just a bit disappointed that, um, particularly on this stage, we said it in the PSV game, this is the ultimate European elite competition. This is the chance for you to kind of stand up and be counted. And it's not the time to go missing. Unfortunately, this was one where I think he did. Yeah, I, I'm not as quite as worried, maybe. You know, I I, I get the contract point with basically based on what we've seen in the past. I don't have that concern with, with him because of his age. Like he's well too young to to go, oh, cash in the bank, see ya. Like, that's just, 
that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and 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 he's he 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 he's just not that that person. So I'm not worried about that. But it was uh, we did expect more from him. Um, I think I've been um, not, I've been reading. You summarized. Go on. Go on. Sorry. No, I see you summarized the performance well. He, he I, I, I don't know what it's un, you can't be on it every game and and again though if he's on it for City I don't care. Mm, true. So. And uh, but if like also when he like if if you recognise that he's not on it, is there an opportunity to to not just rely on the seventy minute subs? I don't think Arteta's falling into the same traps that maybe Wenger has in the past, but. There's an opportunity here to kind of change the team up should you think it requires it. And maybe he just didn't act quickly enough. In in some cases, we've seen that before. Um, the reason why I think I'm looking at the contract as well, I've been reading Charles Watt's book on the uh, the rise of Arteta. Um, oh, yeah. About halfway through, and it's going through a lot of the Ozil and Aubameyang contract stuff at the, the this point in the book. So I'm probably a bit fresh in my mind. Um, Good read. Agreed. Uh, I mean, if you, uh, yeah, it's it's really well written. It kind of goes back through the last kind of four or five years, talk about the history of the and the sagas that we've had and the influence that he's having over the team. It is it is really really good. Um, about halfway through, yeah. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I'm going to recommend it because I think it is a, a worthwhile kind of story to tell. Um, in the kind of evolution of us as a club. Anyway, nice. another podcast. Um. Let's move on to to talk about because this is a, a subject that you um, were certainly in thinking. There's two two players here that maybe have let you down a little bit during this game. The, the segment's called Fullback Attack. Um, I suppose do you want to go in on both, Jace, or do you want to pick one in particular? Um, I'll, I'll start with Tomiyasu, and then I'll let you go and Zinni and add my bit after, but. I mean, I'll just start by the reason I really want to talk about this topic is I just feel both did not perform well today. I also feel like our our defence has moved on and moved on without them. Um, I don't think at a high level, Zinni, after preseason, I think Timber was meant to be the left back this year and Zinni was maybe meant to be the backup. Maybe. And Ben White has set the standard for right back. That's just what I'll start by saying. And then let's just talk about the performances tonight. So I'll start and on Tomiyasu and then let you talk about Zinni. Tomiyasu, for me, I, I was just getting so... I made the comment in our notes in the second half and I thought maybe that sounds a bit odd, me making a note on it there. But I was based... my All I had embedded in my mind was his first half performance. I was getting so frustrated. He was just in the wrong position. When he was did get the ball, he was making the wrong decisions. He was losing the ball constantly. Um and and I didn't I, I was I just yearned for Ben White. I, I just wanted Ben White on the pitch, but we can't have him on the pitch all the time. Like he can't play every single game. So it made sense to play Tommy Yasu tonight. But um, I, I, for me, it was just clear that there's a standards evolved. Like Tommy Asu for us, when he first came to the club, we were like, oh, like it's just felt like another level. He, we, we, you know, we, I, I obviously am a heck, big Hector fan, and we were messing around with Cedric and 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 then kicked 
bellowing out the team for Cedric, which I wasn't happy about. And then the moment that we got Tommy Yasu, I was so happy. Um, but now I've had Ben White there, I can see the levels gone, and I just don't feel Tommy Yasu is at that level for us in that position at the moment. I think he's better on my left, if I'm honest. And I also think he's better at centre back. I just feel his time at right back has moved on. Um, yeah, I wasn't particularly pleased with that performance. And um, yeah, I think it made sense when we moved him to left back after taking Zinni off. But um, yeah, anything, I'll let you talk about Zinni. Anything to add on, on Tommy before we move over? Um, no, you're, you're right. When he moved over to the left, that he kind of replicates the same role that Zinchenko does and performs where he kind of uh, goes inside and adds to the additional sole pivot of Rice. It it does work better. Maybe my, my feeling is that there's a potential here that he's just getting confused within the two systems because when he plays left back and when he plays right back, he plays them very differently. Um, yeah. And he's having to kind of context switch and kind of get used to those different ways of playing. So potentially not. This is complicated, right? This is not an easy system to kind of fit into. And he's being educated to now play it. You know, I, I think even you've said it before, he plays left centre-back for Japan. Um, and that's another different kind of uh, system that he's fitting within. It's a, a lot to kind of take in. So I don't necessarily want to lambast him for it, but it was, I agree with you, a weak, a weak performance on his part. Um, I don't necessarily think Zinchenko was uh, as bad. I, I still believe that he is. I agree that probably Timber was the right replacement for him. And had he be fit at this point in time, he would probably be starting in this position. But Zinchenko, what he offers to our setup is incredibly important to how we approach games. I think the only thing that's currently letting that down where Timber would have um, probably bettered him his Zinchenko's inability to get back. Um, when we do get caught out, and I think I made a note of this, that all of Lonza's play was down our left because they knew full well that Zinchenko was not going to be in position. So they were exploiting that at any given moment. And defensively, Zinchenko is not strong, admittedly. I think he can get turned. He doesn't have the pace. Um, he got beaten several times. So I know that I just said I think he had an all right game. I, I do kind of think that the good outweighs the bad in this respect. I think that he offers so much in terms of our build-up play that you can kind of concede that he's probably going to get taken on a couple of times at left back. That's my feeling towards it. I just feel he's become a little bit of a vulnerability though, right? And people know this now because of his performances last season, like, as we as you mentioned, he's he's he he's not as strong defensively. So we're vulnerable on that left flank. Like where he adds to like I'm almost I'm not writing Zinchenko off to say like he shouldn't be in our starting eleven or uh we should get rid of him by far. I mean completely do not do not support that notion. What I would say is that I feel he's more valuable as a midfielder now than maybe as a left back. That's my perspective. Mm -hmm. um, because like, he's incredibly strong in, in, in stepping into that position, covering Rice and working with Rice. It's kind of like you have those kind of two, they're the kind of two midfielders across the, the defensive area of the midfield. Um, and they work really well together. 
but there's a big hole at left back at times and he can't get back quick enough and he's not as good defensively. And we're being picked up on that by multiple teams. Um, and that, for me, is is the concern. And I just feel, yeah, if Timber was there, I don't think he would have that. And if Timber was there, maybe Zinni would still be playing. We'd just be getting more games in midfield. And I also think, you know, there's like, there's, you know, when Party was injured, when Rice was injured right the other week and we didn't know if he was going to be fit and we were worrying, that showed our lack of in midfield depth. So I'm not like Zinni can fill in there. I, I like, you know, he, he played really well for Ukraine against England playing in midfield. He scored a goal, a great, a lovely, a lovely goal. And he, he, he can play that, that position. So, um, I mean, in the moment we have obviously have a need, we don't have a, we got rid of Tierney, we got rid of Tavares. Um, we only have him because Tim is injured. So, in the moment, it's kind of more needs must, but I think over time, we will need to make that change. Yeah, I kind of feel like is that a necessity, like you say. Um, you you did call up on a good point though. I don't think we mentioned throughout, and I think part of this is the loose passes and loose touches by by Tom Yassi. He wasn't the only one guilty of this throughout this game, but I do feel that that overall uh, lacks lacks a day was the only word I can think of. I've used it a couple of times before, so I'm going to use it again. <laughs> Um, approach to just our, our build-up play, it feels quite relaxed and quite uh, lazy. And some of our passes, there was a couple that did result in the, the one that resulted in the goal from Rea, but others as well, like Tommy Yassi did it a couple of times. It does feel something you just kind of got to coach out of the system, but I think it just comes with experience more than anything. And like I say, this is either the youngest, second youngest something, team in the league. These mistakes are going to happen. And it's going to take some time for that level of professionalism and, and experience to, I suppose, get out. Yeah. yeah. Right. We're going to move on uh, to close uh, the show on our parking lot. As me and Jason both said, there's a huge, huge game that could see us uh, go top of the league if we were able to grab the three points. I'm going to ask you two questions then, Jace. Um, do you see any changes to the lineup that you saw this evening? And uh, secondly, what do you think the score is going to be? Changes to the lineup. I wouldn't be surprised. I guess Ray is the number one now, but I haven't been convinced in the last couple of games actually by his performances. I would. I'm assuming he'll stay in, so I'm not going to say Ramsdale comes back in. But I, um, I would be opposed to it either. Back four picks itself. Um, however, I think to City will target Zinni as a vulnerability. Um, sorry, back four doesn't stay the same because Tom Yasso will not be playing. Ben White will be. be ben White. <laughs> um, I assume Ben White was by default in that back four. Uh, I think I would love to see Party come in, if I'm honest. Um, but I don't see that happening because it's a lack of match fitness to be chucked in against City starting. Probably is unlikely. So then I think you have an unchanged midfield. Um, and then going forwards, Saka, fingers crossed, he's fit. Jesus picks himself. Um 
Ooh, so do, I... do you think the question for me everything stays as you just said it but we we had in previous pods like the experiment that he keeps putting jesus on the wing and then Ketia yeah. in the middle. he stuck to his guns i talked about it on the what 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 game did i do before bournemouth i forget Brentford um that's it in the cup and that we, we stuck with that and we, we did it again against Bournemouth and a lot of people were questioning it's one of those things where it, if it works out it's fantastic what a masterstroke if it doesn't Arteta what are you doing playing with the system as much as you have we didn't do that tonight and we lost um I know Jesus scored um what do you think do you because I, I can kind of see him reverting back to Inketia um and Jesus on the left but I just don't think City is the game to continue with that I think he reverts back to it. I think he does too. I'm just not too sure. We, we've talked a lot on this pod before about the limitations of Eddie Nketiah. This does not feel to me like a game in which he can outperform. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I don't know if Eddie... Prove me wrong, Eddie. Prove prove me wrong or prove us wrong. That's what I'm going to say. I... I, I, I... We don't have... Martinelli is injured. I'm assuming he's not going to be back in time for Sunday. Is he not in training yet either? He wasn't on the bench tonight, was he? No. So I'm guessing he must not so, be. Yeah. So he might, I don't even know if he's going to make the bench for Sunday. So um, we have no option. We have no option. Unless we're going to do something creative like play Reese Nelson on the left. Yeah, and can't see it. Exactly. So this crop picks itself. Uh, in regards of scoreline, two-one Arsenal. <laughs> I didn't go three-one okay. for once. No, you didn't. But I, oh, it's such a weird one. So our home form is pretty bad. Um, uh, it's well, it's not great, and we we seem to be overconfident or overzealous at home to think that we can play the way that we play and we, I don't know what it is, maybe some freedom or something playing away from home. Our support's really good. I was more confident. Had we have won this game I would have probably been going for a win. I think riding high on the results would have done us good. Um, I, I still don't believe that we are ready for the behemoth that is Man City. Um, Haaland is Haaland. I know he hasn't necessarily been I saw some stats actually that showcase his, his actual performance this season has been pretty lackluster. We, we were talking about this at the Community Shield because he hadn't scored in like six games or something like that. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I still just can't see us winning. I, I think it's a draw. I think it's 2 2. Oh, wow. High scoring draw then. Not, not as many. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's Man City Arsenal. There's going to be goals in this game for sure. Um, there always is. Um, it's just whether or not. We can. I just can't. We don't, we don't seem to be scoring a lot at the moment, so I still see City scoring. I just can't see us outscoring them. No Haaland in Saliba's pocket. I don't know. Like, admittedly, he is probably outside of Declan Rice. Saliba. I, I mean, I was going to say Gabriel. How he did not start the start of the season is beyond me. He has been such an absolute rock solid defender since coming back into that back four. Anyway, Saliba is. The absolute nuts. He is the best defender in the league at, at this very moment in time. He is important, as important to us as Van Dyke was in the season where Liverpool won the league. 
he is critical. And it's great to see that this is hopefully, if Saka plays, this is going to be our opportunity with a, a relatively full-strength Arsenal side and a relatively weakened Manchester City side. If they play Calvin Phillips in that middle position, he's going to get roasted. Um, so, yeah, but they're, not, you know, they're not playing Calvin Phillips. Who, or who else are they playing there? I don't think John Stones is fit either. So, I think they'll I don't know, one of the more people, Kevin De Bruyne is going to have to move a bit back or something like that. They're going to do something. Well, Kevin De Bruyne, doesn't, he's not playing either because he's still injured too. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, so, I mean, they are. Know. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I mean, I would say I'm just trying to look up who, because uh, I can't remember who they played up against Wolves in that position. I'm just trying to look at it now. So they played Kovacic. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and Nunez. And w- when we saw Kovacic in the Community Shield, he got absolutely ruined. Um, so you don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm over, over, over hyping this and under hyping it at the same time somehow. I still believe it's going to be a high scoring game. I still don't think we're going to win. Um, I'm hopeful. My heart and my head are saying two different things here. You know, I'm excited the way you look at it. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. Fair enough. Back the boys. Right. Yeah. Back the boys. Exactly. We're going to win. Although I said two all. Um, right, uh, we've done a big show. It's not been a great evening, but I think me and Jace are ending on some relatively good spirits looking forward to the weekend. Um, this is going up on YouTube. What should you do if you're watching it on YouTube, Jace? Thumbs up, please. Give us a like, share any comments and any questions. We'd love to answer them. And if you're on Spotify, please do give us those five-star reviews. I'm taking a sabbatical from going around people's houses and knocking on doors. So I'm going to send Jace round uh, to uh, do the biz and ask nicely. That's if they tell me where they live. True. <laughs> you can put that in the comment, but probably don't. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> right. Up the Gunners. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks all. Cheers, guys. Good.